we round off today with a very interesting topic. So we've looked at Jesus and him crucified. We looked at Jesus and the resurrection. Paul said, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. A powerful message. The Bible also says that he preached to them, Paul preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Last week I was supposed to do Jesus Christ and the church, but you know, I was only able to do Jesus as the name of God. I was not supposed to come to Jesus and the church. I couldn't get there. But that topic is so big. What is the church? See, King James English did not help us at all. Because you see, in every civilization, in every growing um, generation, there are words, like words that are in vogue, all right? So sometimes those words are used not because those were the best words to be used, but because those words were popular at the time. For example, the word church, during the time the Bible was translated, was a popular word to be used. So, so at the time when the word church was used, the building should have been called a chapel. But a lot of the time in the King James, the church was used for both the real meaning of church and also chapel. So it has made a lot of people think this is church. The building in which we are is church. But the mystery of the church is beyond that. Way beyond the four walls and people coming together to worship God. The mystery is way deeper than that. That until the body of Christ understands the church, the coming of the Lord, uh, I don't want to use the word will be delayed, but According to scripture, the church will have to come to a realization of itself or herself before the Lord can come. Because the Bible says that he is coming for a church without spot. He's not referring to a denomination. He's not referring to four walls of a building. There's no way you will see in the Bible the church of Christ. Why? Because if you understand the church, that's tautology. What's the church? I don't want to go too much into the church so that I can land well because I want to do Jesus and his second coming today. The church is the reproduction of God. Or is the mass reproduction of God? Isaiah 53. The mystery of the church is too big that if that mystery is well understood, we'll know the reason we go for soul winning. It's the biggest thing in all heaven. Do you know that the angels do not know God and that they learn of God from the church? You think they live in heaven so they know God? No. Some angels have never seen God. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He had put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Talking about Jesus. And he says, he shall see his seed. Then he says, he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Now, when you see this particular verse of scripture, what he's talking about is Jesus Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, that put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. Then he says, he shall see his seed. He shall see his seed. He says, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That means Messiah will be cut off at 33, but then he shall see his seed. Then he shall prolong his days. That means Christ is going to keep on living. You see, he shall prolong his days. How? Through his seed. And that's the church. That's the mystery of the church. So what's the church? I said the church is the mass reproduction of God. He says, thou art Peter, and upon this stone, or upon this rock, I will build my church. Thou art Petra, um, that's the Greek, thou art Petra, and upon this Petros, 
I'll build my church. Don't say, oh, that means God, uh, Jesus Christ built his church on Peter. That's so wrong. That contradicts, immediately contradicts, I will build my church. Because he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's the first time, I want you to understand this. In the Bible, all right, when you're studying the scripture, always pay attention to what we call the law of first mention when you're studying. That's the first time a word is mentioned in the Bible has a significance to its real meaning as it pertains to God. It's called the law of first mention. The first time the word church was used, it said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then he comes later in, in Matthew 16, he says, I'll build my church. Matthew 18, he says, thou art Peter. Now, he didn't say thou art Simon. Thou art Petra. And upon this Petros, I'll build my church. What's that saying? It's like a big stone that's underneath, right? But up on this big stone underneath, we have a small stone outside. And you probably think you're going to kick this stone. You try to kick the stone, and you realize that, no, it's not a stone you can kick. Why? Because there's a bigger rock under it. So, Peter now says, we all, as lively stones, he uses us to make a spiritual house. So, the building of God's church is done through these stones. Who, who are the stones? We are the stones. That's the church. The church are those who are called out. That's the word, ecclesia, called out. We are not like the world, we are called out. So he calls them in Hebrews, he said, wherefore, holy brethren. Paul speaks to them and says, you who are called to be saints. So you see, you don't wait to die to be a saint. That's not scripture. Say, so, oh, you're saying this one should pray for you. Saying this one. No, he's a call to be saint. I'm saint, Pastor Enoch. See, you see, you can't say you are saint. <laughs> He said, you are called to be saints. You know, is it not striking the, 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 the choice of words Jesus uses? Look at Paul. He says, for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints, that means the saints are not perfected. That he can be, he can be a saint without being perfected. So, God, first of all, makes you a saint and says, okay, be perfected. So, it is not your deeds that make you a saint. Called to be saints. I'm called to be a saint. So I'm called to be a saint. Because when you, when you look at yourself and look at St. Augustine or something that you've been reading, you think, I'm not like him, or I'm not like him. I'm bad, I'm bad. You're called to be a saint. If you're born again, you are called to be a saint. That's the church. Colossians 1. I'll start from 15. He's talking about Jesus. He said, he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Hallelujah. Then he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. He said he is the head of the body, the church. Now listen to this. Jesus died with a natural body. He arose with a spiritual body. But he has a mystical body that is the church. What is that telling you? That on earth here, because it says the earth is his footstool. That means on earth here, if the church refused to move, Jesus can't move. This is the beauty of the church. All right? Please come. This is the beauty of the church. If you start seeing the hand moving without command from here, the body is sick. So when a Christian is not receiving orders from Jesus, he doesn't know that he's causing the body something. 
If you find yourself, your hand is just moving, your hand is just moving, your hand is just moving, and the command is not coming from here, the body's sick. Probably having an epilepsy. What shows orders in the body is because he's the head. He does the thinking, we do the movement. He does the thinking, we do the movement. He's the head of the body. It's the church. The church is the body of Christ. That's why I say you cannot say the church of Christ. By the Bible, you see the churches of Christ, which was supposed to be rendered the chapels of Christ. Because the word church is the ecclesia, and it is the mass reproduction of God, or mass reproduction of Christ. It's the biggest mystery. That's it. This was the mystery that was hidden from ages. He said, now it's revealed. He said, Christ in you. Because that mystery was never known. All they knew was uh, God was above them. All they knew was God with them. You know, some Christians are, are big on Emmanuel. God with us. God with us. That is not the biggest revelation in the church. The biggest revelation of the church is God in us. Because God wants the, the, the church and the, the body of Christ, they want them to be God inside minded. So we become carriers of God. We don't come to church to meet God. We come with God. The body of Christ. The body of Christ is the most powerful force on earth. I don't want to dwell on this too much. I want to move straight to the second coming. But you need to understand the church. The power of the church. When Peter was arrested, it started with James actually. When James was arrested, the church was sleeping. They didn't know that if they don't move, Jesus does not move. And the death of James is not a loss to James. <laughs> the death of James is not a loss to James. So the, James is arrested and they're all looking at James. Oh, James. Oh, Pastor James. Apostle James. Po Prophet James. Apostle James. Powerful guy. He was with Jesus in the transfiguration. He has seen things. Very powerful guy. They didn't know that the head, Jesus is seated. And that if the body does not move, there's no movement of God. So people don't like us to say that God needs us. God, he does need us. He does need us. He does need his body. As much as we need the head. Because a head without the body. Or a body without the head. That's a very foolish body. When the head is not working, the person will just do just anything. That's a madman. So they look at James. Oh, James will be fine. 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 By the time they heard, James' head was off. James was killed. I'm sure they still said, James, you will rise from the dead. Do you remember Jesus? Remember Jesus? Three days, you rise from the dead. James, he will do the same thing. He has intentionally died so that he will rise up. After three days, James is not back. After one week, James is not back. Then they finally admit that James is gone. Then Herod saw that, whoa, I'm making headway with this thing. I'm going to start killing them one by one. He picks Peter. Now, why is he picking the guys who were close to Jesus? Why? Because that is the best way to annihilate scripture. Why? Because in those times, those who were closest to Jesus were those with the authority of the church. It's like they can say, we were close to him. He used to do it like this. He used to do it like that. All right? You were not close. You can't tell us how he used to do it. So the, the revelation and the mysteries of God were believed to be with those people who were closest to Jesus. They were the ones in the inner caucus meetings. So what the devil was doing was he was taking away those who had the revelation of the church. Who had the revelation of Jesus Christ so that it will remove truth. Look at all the things John shared. Look at all the things Peter shared. If you, got, if you leave it to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they will write things. Matthew started and said, oh, Jesus was from King David. Mark is saying his own. 
Luke 2 is saying a priest something. You know, that's how they started their books. It was John who came to clarify all those three and started in the beginning was the word. He changed the whole narrative. He didn't tie any Jesus to Joseph or whoever. In the beginning was the word. He came to clarify. And you know, um, the, the, the miracles in the book of John, you know, when John was ending his book, I'll come there very soon, he said that these, these were written that you might know that Jesus is a Christ. Okay? I'll come there very soon. That you might know that Jesus is the Christ. So the miracles that John recorded were what we call messianic miracles. So John's miracle, he didn't just select the miracles, he picked messianic miracles, I'll explain them in a bit. So John's writings were so important, Peter's writings were so important. So what then happened with James' writings? James could not have writings, why? Because he was killed. Now it was good for him because he goes to be with Jesus. Paul said to be, to be uh, absent from you is to be present with the Lord. Alright, he said which is far better. It's far better to be with the Lord. So James loses nothing. But then the church loses something. Everything he knows, he takes it away. Everything he knows, he takes it away. Then Peter is now arrested. Bible says, but prayer. Oh, I like the word but. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Do you know what happens when the church prays together? Do you know what happens when we come together and say, we are, we are effecting this change in the society? You know what happens when the church prays together? I was hearing the story of, of how there was a tyrannical government in Nigeria many years ago. And the church rose up to pray. The tyrant died. I heard it. Because he was persecuting the church. Of course, they, they didn't pray that he should die, but he prayed. <laughs> they prayed anyway. Whatever happened, whatever God thinks is the answer to the prayer. <laughs> yes. When we see persecution against the church, we should not keep quiet. Our own is not to be shouting on Twitter. When you see persecution on the church, you know, what we do is to pray first. Bible says, I, 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 I would that men everywhere will lift holy hands. He said, I want all men, first of all, first of all, all men, first of all. He puts it in the order, first of all. The church must gather and pray. The church must pray. Because, you see, this is the nature of the devil. You, you see from the Antichrist. You see from the Antichrist. And that's the nature of the devil. When every man says, peace, peace, peace. He said, then suddenly. He said, when they say peace and safety, then suddenly. That's the nature. Then sometimes people think, oh, we are fine. Everything is fine. The church is fine. People are fine. When they say peace, 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 then suddenly. Peace and safety. Then suddenly. Suddenly destruction comes in. That's the nature of the devil. You think when churches were locked down, it was for, for, for you think it was a normal thing? Like, oh, yeah, it was for health reasons. And Are you serious? That's not the church Jesus Christ talked about. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If, if during a lockdown, they said the, the place are locked down, but the essential should be open. And they didn't think a church was essential, we're in trouble. That means we are operating Ashanti Union or something. Yeah, we are not any different. This is the church of the living God. The church of the living God. It's a living organism. It's not, it's not an organization. I need to understand. The church, when Jesus Christ talked about the church, it was a living organism. The church does not spread sickness. The church is for healing. All right, so what, what about all the miracles that happened in our services? Was it a lie? That we are now running away where went to hide in his house? Pathetic. When I spoke a bit about it, they go angry. But I'm, I'm, like David said, is there not a cause? I don't like things that don't work. If it doesn't work, tell us, let's go. We, we can join Girl's Guide, Boy Scout, something. If people are hiding, let the people behind, let's go oh, there, those in the clubs, let's go to the office, not church. 
Not church. It's the, it, it's the church of the living God. They're talking about essentials. It should be one. They will not be able to prove our worth in a society. We're able to say, no, no, you can't close that place. Then we'll be operating a, a union. That takes dues. The church of the living God. The church of the living God. If a man of God did not lead us to pray, I tell you, we'll still, we'll still be locked down by now. I mean, in the name of, oh, oh, oh we, we, let's be, let's be, no, let's, let's run away. The church. The prayer was made without season of the church unto God. They kept praying. They kept praying. They kept praying. The Bible says an angel came. Where was that angel when James was in a prison? Listen, there are untapped powers in the heavens that the church's prayer must release. They are on top of well, what was that angel? That angel was not created because of Peter. The angel has been there. The day I was reading this scripture, I was sitting outside. So this angel was there. Didn't the angel care when Peter was arrested? But when prayer was made of the church without ceasing unto God, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. The angel didn't open, have to open the, the, the chains. He didn't have to break the chains, you know, break every chain. No, he didn't have to. He said, rise up. As he rose up, oh, Raman Takabaya. He said, stand up. He said, stand up. Once the guy stood up, the chains fell off. No regard for the chains. These are the powers we are dealing with. Verse 8. And the angel said unto him, get thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. <laughs> Verse 9. And he went out and followed him and wished not that it was true, which was done by the angel. But he thought he saw a vision. Can you imagine? He thought, <laughs> he thought he was in a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, hold on, the guy was not just in a prison. There were, he was in the third part of the prison. There, there, <laughs> there's a first ward. There's a second ward. There's a third part. Herod was determined not to release him. Listen, there's nothing like a hopeless situation for the church. Yes, sir. They came onto the iron gate that leaded onto the city. Aside first, second, Word, there's also iron gates, which open to them of his own accord. You know, some of you, eh, the business you are doing, you want to take over the city, take over the nation. There are gates. There's first word. There's second word. So you can see sometimes you gain some visibility to some side. You gain some visibility. It's like, oh, you think you are doing very well. Let me tell you something. There are, there are spirits that sit on these things. For example, when the Spirit of God told us there was a city capture, did you see how the, the, the demons responded? There are some number of people when you gather, the devil must respond. It's like, who are you? When, how, when did you come here? <laughs> like, when, when did you come here? He will react. The church. I think I should end here and go to the other. The second coming of Christ. Jesus and the second coming of Christ. I said, Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the lamb of God. Jesus is the glory of God. He's the image of God. He's the name of God. And he's the... He's the son of God. Then the last one is, he's the Christ of God. He's the Christ of God. He's the Christ of God. What's the meaning of Christ of God? Christ is not his surname. Yeah. Some say, oh, Jesus Christ, like Amabedu, right? So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, Jesus is the Christ. John chapter 20. Verse 29, he said, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Verse 30. He said, oh, I love this. He said, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. <laughs> he said, but these are written, Kai. He said, these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ. You see? Jesus is the Christ. So, 
It's not Jesus Christ as Christ is saying. <laughs> he said, these are written that you might know that Jesus is the Christ. So what is the mystery? Like what is the thing about the Christ? So, uh, why is he, if you speak, read this, you say, oh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. No, no, no. He's saying, these are written that you might know that Jesus is the Christ. That means he's, he's writing this book to answer a question. Hold on. If someone comes to you and says, all right, um, so many things are written about this young man. So that you might know that he's the officer. You can't say, so that you might know he's the officer. If nobody has asked, who is the officer? Hey, are you here? Or you're going home? <laughs> or you're thinking about what you eat tonight? Right? He says, he says, you might know that Jesus is the Christ. That means there has been a previous contention. There was a, there was a topic. There is something about the Christ. So what's the issue about the Christ? So Luke chapter 2. 25, Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Let's look at it. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. Hold on. If the Bible is yours, underline consolation of Israel. So waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. All right? And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see that before he had seen the Lord's Christ. I said he's the Christ of God. All right, so he said, until he has seen the Lord's Christ. What's the meaning of that? Until he has seen the Lord's Christ. Until he has seen the Lord's Christ. Psalm 2. While the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed. The word anointed means Christ. They take counsel against the Lord and his Christ, saying, all right? So let's go back to Simeon. Simeon, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see that before he had seen the Lord's Christ. For John to say, all right, for John to say, that these books are written that you might know that Jesus is the Christ. That means there is, there was something. There was something. Do you think the Pharisees just rejected Jesus? No. The rejection was because of the claims he made. Because, okay, Revelations. Chapter 11, verse 14. The second war is past, and behold, the third war cometh quickly. Verse 15. And the seven angels sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I've succeeded in confusing some people. The same word, Christ, is the same word, Messiah. So I'll be using both interchangeably. Some will be Messiah. Sometimes I'll use Messiah, and sometimes Christ. Christ means the anointed. All right? Messiah is the same. Where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? Where is this notion of Christ coming from? Number one, the first Christ that was revealed. Okay, let me start from here. There are more prophecies about the second coming of Christ than the first. The ratio is actually one to eight. For every one prophe uh, prophecy about the first coming, there are eight more about the second. Or the second advent. Of his coming. Look at this. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Hold on. Verse 32. He says, He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Don't worry. If you feel confused, don't worry. I, 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 know, I know that I'm intentionally doing it. I'm just shaking it up. It will settle. The, this is. This one is about the second coming. Now, when we talk about Christ, 
you see that I talk about the consolation of Israel. Christ has, the story of Christ has more to do with Israel than us. We don't know him from anywhere. So, go back to Luke chapter 2, where I read about Simeon. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Verse 27. And he came by the spring of the temple, and when the parents brought him, brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, verse 28, then took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Boom. Now this is it. He says, he says, a light to lighten the Gentiles. So these are the twofold ministry of the Christ. Because you see, when you get to the Jews today, the reason they are rejecting Jesus or they rejected Jesus is because there are two messiahs they are expecting. They are expecting two Christs. They are expecting, because the scripture, the prophets prophesied, you know, the, the way the prophets prophesied was very, very interesting. Like for example, Simeon is prophesying, but he has mixed up the prophecy. Because the first advent and the second advent are two different things. But he's still talking about Messiah. So, Zechariah, or, or let, let's start with Isaiah. Isaiah starts prophesying and prophesies about the Christ. Now note, every prophet that was um, stated in the books or scripture, if the prophet did not prophesy about the Christ, he was not added to the canon. So everything revolved around the Christ. So Isaiah comes and prophesies about Christ and says, on one side, he prophesies, he says, there was nothing that we should desire him. He is afflicted of God. He is smitten, he is smitten of God and afflicted. He is beaten, you understand? In Isaiah chapter 53, he had borne us our grief. He had borne our sorrow. So he's prophesying of the Messiah. He's prophesying about the Christ. He says all this about him, that he is, he is, not, he is not desirable. All right? He said, um, start from verse 1. Start from verse 1. He says, who had believed our report and to whom is the harm of the Lord revealed? He's, he's prophesying about the Christ. He said, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground and had no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He's talking about the Christ. Like, but the description is very different. Now he says, he's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows. But hold on, hold on. When Gabriel went to Mary, he said, the Lord shall give the throne of his father David. That doesn't look like the same thing. Because if he's going to be given the throne of his father David, that means he's going to be a king. He's going to be a king. Why all these things in Isaiah chapter 53? He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid us where our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs. He had carried our sorrow, yet we did esteem him stricken, spirit of God and afflicted. Verse 5. And he was wounded for our transgression. A king? Wounded? So we see this in Isaiah 53. But on the other hand, in Isaiah chapter 9, he said, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He said, the government shall be upon his shoulder. That doesn't look like the first one that he mentioned. Are you awake? Yes, sir. Are, you, are you awake? Yes, sir. No, you need to understand this because in the... Ah, Kaya he looks at one and says, Messiah is a king. He looks at another hand and says, Messiah is suffering. So now I'm telling you, I said, when, when you... When you interview any Jew, they'll tell you, they're expecting two messiahs. So when Jesus came and said, he is the messiah, they kicked against him because that was not the description. Why? Because it was the understanding of the first messiah that they had. 
or, or the, the second Messiah that they had, not the first. Now, like I said, for every one prophecy of the suffering Messiah, there were eight more prophecies about the second advent, which actually has to do with the Jews. So hold on. So on the first side, he prophesies the first coming. On the second, Isaiah prophesied the second coming. Now note this, the prophets did not understand what they were prophesying. They were just giving prophetic utterances. It's called prophetism. They are just speaking. They don't know what they are saying. So on one side, they were saying the suffering Messiah. On one side, they said, Messiah is a king, and he's come to deliver the Jews, and he's coming, and the lion and the lamb will live together, you know, and all those things, those beautiful things are going to happen at the millennial reign, and the Jews will come back to God. Paul talked about it in the book of Romans, that after we, that we the Gentiles, have been engrafted, the Jews will come back. All those things have been said. So the Jews were expecting that Messiah's coming will come to deliver them. So remember, go to Acts chapter 1, verse 7. These were in prophecies that had been given to them. So they were following the prophecies. That's why John said, these books were written that you might know Jesus the Christ. Why? Because there is an earlier reference from the prophets. So look at the question that, that, that um, Peter is asking Jesus Christ when he's about to ascend. He says, and he said unto him, okay, let's start from verse 5. Let's start from verse 5. He said, for John truly baptized with water, but he shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost only many days hence. Verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Why? Because they knew that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus told them, I'm the Messiah. So now, Jesus has finished everything he's doing, and Jesus is about to ascend, and you have still not restored the kingdom to Israel? He said, Lord... At this time, will you restore the kingdom again to Israel? Then Jesus Christ now answers. He said, he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. They are confused. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me submit this to you. Judas did not know that what he was doing will kill Jesus. You know why? Because when he realized that Jesus was a miracle worker, he was a powerful man, he was, what he was doing was he was selling Jesus so that he would provoke Jesus because at that time they were under the Roman tri tribute. All right? They were under the Romans. And all that Judas wanted was for Israel to be free because he was trying to help the prophecy to be fulfilled that Israel should be free. So what Judas was doing was he was trying to provoke Jesus to come one-on-one -on -one with the Romans and blow like this. Then the kingdom will be restored to Israel. That's what Judas was doing. You see, the, the, the miracles that were performed by Jesus, they were recorded by John, were messianic miracles. So check, most of those miracles, the Pharisees used to question it a lot. Because those were messianic miracles. For example, if a man was deaf and dumb, it was impossible to heal that man. Because in, in those days, they had what was called, you know, like today we cast out devils. They had what was called exorcism. Alright? With that, you have to speak to the devil. Now, if the guy is dumb, how do you speak to the devil? So only God can heal such a person. So when Jesus healed such kind of people, the people were all shocked. That only God can do this. That was a messianic miracle. Remember the miracle of the guy said, this guy, who had sinned? Is it his father or his mother? You understand? Because the, if the guy has sinned, only God can forgive sins. So Jesus Christ said, which was more difficult to do? To heal this man or to forgive his sin? He said he has done the two of them for the guy. So, and only God, according to the Father, only God could have done this. So, they were now studying him. That this guy, is he the real Messiah? Because they don't want a wrong Messiah. So they were actually studying the guy. So I said, the Jews are expecting two Messiahs. There is what we call Messiah being Joseph or Messiah being Joseph, Joseph, or 
Messiah being David was the, was the true Messiah. Messiah, the son of Joseph. That means Messiah who is after the similitude of Joseph. The Messiah, I'm not talking about Joseph, the husband of Mary. No, Joseph, the suffering Joseph. The Joseph who was the brother of his brothers. And his brothers sold him. And he went into the pits, went into prison, and later became a king. So that was that's Messiah being Joseph. And I told you before, I said, Joseph is the type of types. He's what we call the archetype, the type of types. Number one, Joseph had a coat of many colors. He was the beloved of his father. Jesus, thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He was sold by his brothers. Jesus was killed by his own brothers. In the prison, Joseph was between two people, the butler and the baker. Jesus was on the cross between two people. He's a type of type. So there's Messiah, the son of Joseph. So he comes and he is the lamb. Because the Bible says, Peter said, he said, when he was reviled, he reviled not. He was the lamb. When you touch the lamb, he does not respond. You touch the lamb, he does not respond. So the slap Jesus, he did not respond. That's the lamb. But in his second advent, he's not a lamb, he's a lion. Because in his second coming, let me say this. In between his first coming and the second coming is the rapture of the church. Now, oh God. When we talk about the rapture of the church, what's the rapture of the church? The rapture of the church, that's very, it's, very, it's very good I started with the church. So now you understand the church. You see, you understand the church. Now, the rapture of the church is just like this. It's a very simple thing. It's not like God is trying to, you know, perform some magic to take some people away. Let me tell you. This is just the meaning. The meaning is, in the first advent, he came unto his own. They rejected him. They did not accept him as Messiah. So he walked away from the temple. And the Bible says that, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So between the first advent, salvation now came to us, who were not Jews. So we now became the church of the living God, those who believe in Jesus. Time will not permit you to go into Daniel, because this one, if I want to do it, I must use so many days. And pastor already did a thorough one on PCDL. You should go and listen to it. Explain the book of Revelation and everything. So I can only pick bits and pieces for you. So you receive Jesus, you become a part of the church. So the church are God's sons now. But mind you, remember what Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 7. Go back there. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his, in his own power. What's he saying? He's not saying, because the question was, when would you restore the kingdom to Israel? He's not answering that, I will not restore it. He says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. That means, it will be restored. So, remember this. When, when, when God is dealing with Israel, he deals with his calendar. Remember, God was the one who began counting dates with them from Exodus. He said, this month for you shall be the beginning of months. God's the one who started the calendar with them. So God operates a calendar with them. In the book of Daniel, he said, Gabriel told Daniel, he said, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. That is not us. That is Israel. 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. So for Israel, they are operating a calendar. But in the 69th week, there was a problem with the calendar. In the 69th week, the calendar paused. The calendar was not moving again. Why? Because in the 69th week, he prophesied, Gabriel spoke about when Messiah would have been cut off. So in the 69th week, now don't look at it as weeks like correct weeks, all right? It is, it's called the weeks of weeks, all right? So it's like, it's multiplied by seven, all right? So it's weeks of weeks. So by 69th week, Messiah is cut off. Why does he use cut off? Why does he use cut off? Because it shows that Messiah did not attain his full ministry. So you understand the first coming and the second coming. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Be frank with you. If you are confused, let me see your hand. 
Nobody's lifting their hand. Can I have three people? So, I'm using these guys as markers, all right? Okay, you go a little further. Stand there. I'm using this guy as, uh, these guys as markers. So, this is it. Let's say this is the calendar. This is week one. This is week 70. Is that okay? Okay. This is week one. This is week 70. So, it says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people. Then he now starts giving them what will happen, what will happen, what will happen, what will happen. He gets to 69th week where Messiah is cut off. What does it mean to be cut off? Messiah is killed. Those who lifted their hand, do you understand now? Okay. Messiah is killed at the 69th week. Now, he uses the word cut off. Why? Because Messiah did not attain his full ministry. Why? Because to attain his full cycle of ministry, it should be like David. If it's like David, then he should begin his full ministry at 40. But he died at 33. That's why I say he's cut off. So now, subtract 40 from 33. Is left how much? Seven weeks. So seven weeks is weeks of years. So, so seven weeks means seven years. So that's it. At the time Messiah is cut off, the calendar is suspended. Who people now come in? The church. At the time the church comes in, the church is an intrusion into the calendar of God. God stops counting Israel's calendar at the time the church comes in. Do you understand? Because we are the spiritual Jews. So God stops counting Israel's calendar. So, 33. Which means, when the calendar is restored, how many years left? Right? When the calendar is restored, seven years more for him to get to 40. And when he gets to 40, that is when he now comes as Messiah being David. So now, he stands here at 33. Remember, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So, the church. So now, what is stopping the calendar from moving? Please answer me. What's stopping the calendar from moving? So then, the church has to be raptured so the calendar can continue. That's the meaning of the rapture. Did you understand it now? Okay, if you didn't understand, let me see your hand. You didn't understand what I just explained. Hey. <laughs> okay. I can use another approach, though. I can use another approach. The church. Um, the church is those who have believed in Jesus, who are not Jews. Do you understand that one? All right. Now, God has a contract. I'm, now, I'm trying to bring it to the barest minimum. God has a contract with Israel. They are running a calendar. But because they rejected him, he now goes to the church and starts something with them. But at the time he and the church are together, Israel's calendar cannot continue. The contract cannot continue. So then, the calendar has to continue, and Jesus Christ will have to come. Now, Maybe what's confusing you is you think the rapture is the second coming. The rapture and the second coming are two different things. In the rapture, Christ is coming for his own. In the second coming, he's coming with his own. <laughs> In, uh, 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 Jude talked about, he said, <laughs> uh, the Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints. So, there is the second coming. In the second coming, he's not coming as a lamb. Where you come and slap him. <laughs> In the second coming, he's coming as a king. Time will not permit me, I would have gone to the battle of Armageddon. 
No, there are things, there are things to happen in this world. Let's talk about the rapture. Let's look at the calendar of the rapture. Leviticus 23. Now, I told you before, the, in the Old Testament, there's no mystery. The rapture is not mentioned in the Old Testament. Because that is a mystery. Paul said, I show you a mystery, we shall not all sleep. He said, I show you a mystery, he said, we shall not all sleep. That means not everybody will die. In the Old Testament, there's no mystery. Everything is in typology. Everything is a type of something. Everything is a type of something. So everything God told them in the book of Leviticus, everything was about the future. All of them were types of types. But people, if you don't, if you don't know, you just be reading it. And Gideon, and Gideon killed the Midianites. Amen. No, it's deeper than that. With the story of Gideon, the story of Gideon typifies exactly what will happen at Amagidon. Let's go to Leviticus. Chapter 23. And the Lord spoke unto Moses saying, alright, we'll look at something here. Um, whoever is over there, I want you to give me on these screens a picture of the menorah. So we're going to look at the calendar. What is next on God's calendar as we speak? Alright? What's next on God's calendar? During the week of prayers, I thought a little on it. Let's see how far I can go with it. Leviticus 23. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh. Verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I want to pay attention to this. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, concerning the feast of the Lord, which he shall proclaim to be holy, holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Hold on. You know some people say, oh, we are no longer in the law. We are in grace. So this one does not hold. It's not true. He didn't say these are Israel's feasts. If he said these are Israel's feasts, that means they are Israel's feasts. He said these are my feasts. These are my feasts means these ones, they pass Israel. It is God's own feasts. And every significant thing God did, he did using those dates. They are holy days. And they are God's feasts. That means they are in God's calendar. They will run his full plan of humanity beyond Israel. So what are the feasts? There are seven feasts. Four of the feasts, all right, those who understand feasts, feasts like party, all right, Four, seven parties, all right, four of them happen in spring, three of them happen in fall, spring and fall. In Africa, I don't think we have spring and fall, do we? Hamatan and Southern Africa has, yeah, so spring and fall. Four of the feasts happen in spring, three of them happen in fall. Now, according to the Bible, four of the feasts, which are the spring feasts, all of them are being fulfilled. So let's look at them. The first one, verse 4. These are the appointed feasts unto the Lord, the holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at the time appointed for them. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month of twilight, is the Lord's Passover. So the first one is Passover. What is Passover? Passover, let's go back to Egypt. If you see the blood, you do what? You pass over. Alright? So the Bible says that the people who have come into Christ have passed from death to life. That's Passover. That's the, 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 the death of the Lord. The crucifixion. Passover. And coincidentally, Jesus died on Passover. It didn't just happen. God made it happen like that. Verse 6. And on the 15th day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days he must eat unleavened bread. What is unleavened bread? Unleavened bread, uh, in, in, in biblical typology, living represents sin. That's yeast. It represents sin. So when you put sin, that's how like sin rises. Okay? The Bible uses yeast to explain. That's why you see in Israel, they are bread. They break it. They don't press it. <laughs> you know, in Africa, when you go to a, a supermarket to buy bread, you have to punch it to know. <laughs> it's because of the yeast. 
is because of the living. So they have unliving bread. Unliving bread is the removal of sin that represents his burial. Because they remove the living out of the bread. Verse 9. So we've identified Passover. We've identified unliving bread. That's another feast. So I've told you their fulfillment. The first one was the death of the Lord. The second one is the burial of the Lord. Verse 9. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheep of the first fruit of your harvest unto the priest. So, that's first fruits. That's the, 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 the appointed feast of the first fruit. What's the first fruit? That is the first, all right? The first of all the new fruits. So, who was the first of the new fruits? That's the resurrection of the Lord. He's the first fruit. The Bible says, of his, own will be, of his own will begat us, who should be first fruit. So, it's, it's first fruits. It's like the first of the new creation. If you were here when I was teaching on Christ Jesus and him crucified and him being resurrected, you'll understand this easily. All right? So, he is resurrected as the first fruit among many of us. So, we came later as the fruits thereof. So, he's the first begotten of the dead. He's the first begotten of the dead. Now, when it's the first begotten of the dead, like, that's like saying he's the first person to come out of death. But no, Elisha raised the dead. Even Jesus raised the dead. Peter raised the dead. So then, is he really the first begotten of the dead? It's because he's not talking about physical death. He's talking about spiritual death. So truly, he's the first fruit from the, from the resurrection. And we established that. So first fruit has also been fulfilled. Verse 15. And you shall count, you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that he brought the sheaf of the wave offering, even Sabbath shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the eleven, after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall have you seen the fifty? That's Pentecost. <laughs> so <laughs> ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two uh, tent deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baking with living. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. So. After the 50 days, there's another first fruit. But this is what we call the Feast of Weeks or the Pentecost. What's the Pentecost? That is the harvest. That's the harvest, which means the church. Because Jesus is the first fruit of the harvest. Now the main harvest now comes, which is the church. So that is why the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost Day. Because that's the day that 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. That was the first of the church. From there, the church began. So the church of Christ was born on Pentecost Day. So now these four feasts have been fulfilled. There has been the Passover. There has been the, the unliving bread. There has been the first fruit. And there has been the Pentecost. Now, that means, what is the next feast to be fulfilled? It has not been fulfilled. That's the next thing we are waiting for. Let me show you that one. Verse 23. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying... Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets. Uh. Oh, that's why the Bible says that the rapture of the church will begin with a trumpet. That's the blowing of the trumpet. That's the blowing of the, of the trumpet. The Bible says the Lord will meet his saints in the air. Let me shock you. Not every Christian will go. I need to tell you so you prepare yourself. So I was thinking, hey, 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 I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. Which people will go? The rapture is also referred to the harvest. That is God harvesting his people. Now, in the Jewish harvest, according to Leviticus 23, time not permitting me to go, <laughs> we'll have, we'll have, you can go and read it yourself. There are three harvests. 
Hmm. There's the harvest of the barley. There's the harvest of the wheat. And there's the harvest of the grape. Let me explain. What is the harvest of the barley? Now, among these three crops, all right, the harvest is the, the barley is the first to mature. Oh, you do bread, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you, you, you know about bakery. Yeah, the barley is first to mature. There's barley bread. There's wheat bread. The barley is always the first to mature. There's something about the barley. It's very soft. These are those who have a soft heart toward the Lord. They are the first to be raptured. They are in what we call, or a man of God calls, the first flight. That's the first to be harvested. The barley. I like the way this place is quiet. Everybody's thinking, am I a barley? <laughs> barley, 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 barley. Hey, barley. Hmm. The harvest of the barley. The tenderness of the barley. The maturity of the barley. Let me come to the wheat. The wheat, you can pluck the barley with your hand. You cannot pluck the wheat with your hand. No, what I'm saying is, am I, am I serious? Am I, what I'm saying, is it true? You don't pluck the wheat with your hand. You use a sickle. There is a, there's a, there's a, a um, when they want, they want to do mass harvest of the wheat, there is a, there's a, a machine they use called the tribulum. That's where we get the word tribulation. The wheat are those who will be harvested. Some will be harvested in the middle of the tribulation or getting to the end of the tribulation. Let me call it the great tribulation because there has been other tribulations. But this one, the Bible says that there has not been any one like it. Ladies and gentlemen, don't be left here on this earth. Who are the wheat? According to the Bible, the wheat will be more than the barley. Those who will be on this earth. And the Bible says that they will preach. Because the Bible says in the moment, Kalimas over this. So everything you are doing in this world, you want to be this, you want to always remember. The Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, he said, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. We shall be changed. Okay. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we will just be there. We will just be there. Then, we the Bali guys. <laughs> in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. Bible says that mortality shall put on immortality. So, we, we, shall, we shall have a new body. I know some of you have watched those rapture movies <laughs> where their clothes fall down because we cannot go with this clothes to heaven. I am a cobra day. That's why he said in the book of Revelation, he said, you know, the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. In Revelation chapter 2, he said, he said, uh, um, he that had an, had an ear, let him hear what the spirit said to the churches. Because at that time, the church was an infant. So he had to be rebuking the church in Revelation chapter 2. But by Revelation chapter 17, the church has matured. So now, the spirit is not saying to the churches, the spirit and the bride are saying the same thing. How do you know those who are going to the barley? It's those who have come to maturity because the barley is the first to be mature. In Revelation chapter 14, he said these are those who no guile was found in their mouth. Christian maturity is found in your mouth. Watch the way you talk. Bible says, Jesus Christ said, he said, a man shall be justified or condemned by his words. People will be shocked 
the, the parameters under which people will be raptured. People will be shocked. The people they'll see in heaven. I'm telling you. The rapture of, of the church is a reality. It's a reality. It's something that's about to happen. The moment Noah entered the ark, a type of the rapture, the rain began. Great tribulation for seven good years. What are those seven years? Hold on. You remember those seven years to add to Messiah 33? To make 40. After those seven years, Messiah comes back with his saints, not for his saints. So we come back with him to reign in the kingdom age, in the millennial reign. In a moment, in a truth of our eye, then we'll be changed. The Bible says we shall meet the Lord in the air. We shall meet the Lord in the air. We shall meet the Lord in the air. But guess what? That day, the next day, it will be all over the news. They are gone. Some people have left. They have vanished. Millions of people have left. They have vanished. And let me tell you, those Christians who do not take their Christianity serious, they'll be the ones telling, hey, we know about this thing. It's called the rapture. The Bible says they'll begin to preach. They'll begin to preach, but they'll go through the tribulation. They'll go through the tribulation because they are the wheat. They have to be harvested with the tribulation. They'll go through the tribulation. I like that song. Don't be tired in your work. Don't be tired in your faith. Don't be tired in praying. We don't know when he shall come. Don't be tired in your work. Don't be tired in your faith. Don't be tired. Keep praying. We don't know when he shall come. Let me tell you something. When the Bible says that the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, he's not talking to us because we will know. We will know. The signs are already there. We've already started feeling it in our spirits. Because the trumpet will not blow for everybody's ears. It will blow in our spirits. One of the, one of the, the fastest ways to join the with people is not to walk in love. And not to work for the Lord. Because the one who is working for the Bible says, Blessed is he who when his Lord cometh, he shall find so doing. Somebody offended you in church. You say, I've left the church. I'm now staying at home. I'm serving God in my house. Mr. Wheat. <laughs> Mr. Wheat, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. You can mock us all we care. It was done to Noah. We are still preaching this thing. Why are we so passionate? Why do we want to do more for the Lord? Because we know that the time is fast approaching. When we look at it, we say, oh, they told us in year 2000 that it was coming. They told us, no, they did not consider the calendars. They said God said. That's not what we are dealing with. God has already said, but God has given us the indications. They are the timings. The timings. Most of them did not consider the timings. They did not consider the calculations. Because when Jesus Christ turned his back at the temple, when he turned his back in, 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 to, to them in the temple, that was AD 70. Then he said, <laughs> that generation will not pass. Today's not the day for that. So when you do the calculations, you know that we are closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before. Closer to the Lord than ever before. Let me tell you something. You see how the, the, the way you know, people were laughing and say, Pastor Chris said the vaccine is this, this, this. Is this, this, this. He never said that. That's not what he said. He said we're on our way there. Because today, if they can take your rights, according to what the Bible said, that a day will come when it's time for the, for the mark, what they'll do is they will take your rights until you take the mark. 
There's a rehearsal that's going on. Anytime you hear one world government, don't be happy. Don't be happy. They start with a great reset. We're on our way there. When you hear one world religion, we're on our way there. Because the Antichrist cannot come onto the world as unified so that he can be the only person. They're on their way there. The moment you start seeing more malls springing up and everything coming together, don't think it is uh, technology. <laughs> when you see them coming together and everything is becoming one body, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to check out of here. Nobody's against technology. But we know the scripture. The Bible says he shall, he shall corrupt with flatteries, corrupt with lies. When you see more lies in the media, more lies in the media. <laughs> you know, and what they like to do when you're speaking the truth, they twist it and they make people gang up against you. When a man of God was speaking the truth, he said, They are getting there, they are going there. There's not a day to talk about that. They take all, all the rights you're supposed to have. Oh no, until you do this, you will not do this. Until you do this, that's what the Bible said about the 666. Oh, so people are thinking 66 will be a pen. They know right on your head, 666. <laughs> no, we are getting there. We are getting there. You can think we are illiterate, but we are getting there. We've seen it in the scripture. Everything is in the Bible. Everything is in the Bible. The harvest of the barley. The harvest of the barley. The harvest of the barley. The barley, you know, is tender. It's harvested first. It's harvested first. It's harvested first. The Lord will first of all harvest the barley. He will harvest the barley and put it in the Ghana. <laughs> What's the Ghana? The Ghana was a place, it was like, like a barn. In between the storehouse, Manda says so in between the storehouse and the farm, they harvest the barley and put it in the Ghana. That's why we shall meet the Lord in the air, not in heaven. Then, for seven years, according to the Bible, we will be in heaven for the marriage supper of the Lamb. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And for seven years, we'll be taking our rewards in heaven, those of us in the valley. That means, if you're not a worker for God, unless they mention your name, you, you say, present say. <laughs> Jesus, and his second coming. His second coming. The Bible says, at the last trump, at the last trump, at the last trump, at the last trump. You know, some preachers said, no, 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 no. Every Christian will go to the tribulation. Not true. There are actually three schools of thought on this. Some say we'll be raptured before the tribulation. And that's the, they call it the pre-trib, pre-tribulation. Some say will be raptured in the midst of the tribulation. That's mid-trib. And some say we'll be raptured at the end of the tribulation. All of them give their arguments. But, ladies and gentlemen, I've studied the scriptures. It's the pre-tribulation. That's the correct one. Now, all the three are actually not wrong. They are just misplaced it. I just explained it to you. The pre-trib guys are the balis. The wheat... The wheat, they are not really um, raptured in the middle of the tribulation. That's the truth. But they'll be harvested twice. They're not really raptured in the middle. Because in the middle, there's another set of people. They are called the gathering of the Omer. The 144,000. All this is in Leviticus 23. 
the garden of the Omar. Then the wheats who now, those who refused to take the mark and went preaching and went preaching. I want to talk to the Lord. If your Christianity has been on the rocks, <laughs> today is a good day to talk to the Lord. Take offense from your heart. Take unforgiveness from your heart. Don't play with your Christian walk. I'll show you the scripture and we pray. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 7. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only who now let it will let until it be taken out of the way. Thank you, Jesus. When you heard the word of the year, the garden of the clouds, what do you think was happening? What do you think is about to happen? In Leviticus, he talked about the ingathering of the harvest. James said, now the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit on the earth. That means when the harvest is gathered. Come. So be patient therefore, brethren, on the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth and had long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. It's the cloud that brings the rain. Go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he. <laughs> Only he who now let it will let until it be taken out of the way. What's he saying? The reason why the Antichrist has not come is because of somebody. He said, Only he who now let it will let until it be taken out of the way. King James is making it very scary. NIV. NIV. Let me see if NIV can break it down for us. I will still explain it though. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. There's someone holding it back. Oh. Who is holding it back? Is it? Who's holding it back? The church. That's correct. Let me tell you, the Antichrist is just there. The reason why he has not stepped in is because of the church. Because he cannot reign until the church is raptured. Because you see, the Antichrist, all right, the Antichrist, in the book of Revelations, his work starts after John is raptured into heaven. The Bible says that he will come, conquering and to conquer. And he conquers with a bow. That means he's not going to conquer with war. Because he didn't come with an arrow. He's with a bow. That means he's coming to conquer with peace. Nice talk. The world will be good. The world will be nice. We're going to make digital this. All of us, we are going to just one thing. If you don't take it, it means you're against us. If you don't take it, you want, to, you want us to suffer. Everybody will gang up on the person. At that time, no man can even kill himself. You have to be killed. You cannot commit suicide. You will not die. You drink poison, you get fat. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. 
Today's not the time. I don't want to go into a lot of theology because many professors say, no, no, it cannot be the church. It cannot be the church. Some say the Holy Ghost. It cannot be the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost will not be taken out of the way. Otherwise, the wheat will not be harvested. It takes the power of the Holy Ghost to harvest them. The rapture will have to happen by the power of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost will not have left. Moreover, in the tribulation, there will be two witnesses. There are two prophets who will be around. And they will need the power of the Holy Ghost to work. So the Holy Ghost wouldn't have left. Some say it cannot be the church because the church is a she. The church is not a she. That's another day subject. Only who doesn't let it will let. Except he's taken out of it.